0: This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on April 16th, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au The Holy Gospel according to John, Chapter 20 and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. grace, peace, and mercy are ours through the triune God. Amen. Please be seated. Today, as Marlene said earlier, we pick up the story where we left off last Sunday, Easter Sunday. So you may remember that the women were the first to receive the good news, and then they spread it to others. Jesus is alive, just as he said. And today, the story continues in the Gospel of John. Everything has changed. But has it really? So again, the disciples are locked away together in a room. The last time they were in this room, there were 13 of them. Now two have died and one is missing. John tells us that the doors are locked for fear of the Jews. It seems that fear, doubt, and confusion reign. And who can blame them? Peter and John have seen the empty tomb, but not the risen Christ. Anything could have happened to him. When Jesus was laid in that tomb, there went all their hope, their vision, their sense of direction, and their purpose in life. They were left only with an overwhelming sense of failure, loss, and shame because they knew they'd deserted Jesus in his hour of need. And it's into this fear and this confusion that Jesus appears to his disciples. His first words are a greeting of peace, peace that is sorely needed after all they've experienced in the past week. Peace that only their resurrected Lord can give them. And not just peace, but also, Proof. Proof that Jesus is who he says he is. Proof that the one that they saw die on the cross is the same one who's now standing amongst them. His hands and his side bear witness to all that his body has suffered. It is him. And they rejoice. And as if that wasn't enough, he has a brand new calling for them for those who ran away when things got tough he says as the father has sent me so i send you it's a divine sending a new ministry to bring god's love and forgiveness to the rest of the world the greek word for forgiveness here is it actually means a releasing so a dismissal a releasing so the new calling is to release people, to invite them into freedom. And then Jesus breathes on him, on them with the gift of the Spirit. So now we're really talking. Now they're really equipped. Now things are changing. But someone is missing. Thomas, the disciple who has always been so quick and eager to follow Jesus, boldly, and who's always been brave enough to ask questions when he doesn't fully understand, Thomas is missing. The other disciples are keen to share the good news. We have seen the Lord. But Thomas needs to see for himself. So Thomas is met by Jesus in both his doubt and in his belief, his faith. Jesus appears to the disciples once more in order to reassure Thomas. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. The disciples who had lived and walked with Jesus, the ones who watched him die and be buried, they all needed some visible sign that he was really alive again. And Jesus gives it to them as often as they need to see it so that they might believe. But someone was missing, and someone is always missing, waiting to be included, then and now. First, it was Thomas who was missing. But then Jesus appeared again so that Thomas was included. Then in the early church, it was the next generation of believers who had not witnessed the risen Christ. They needed to hear the testimony of John and the other disciples, to hear that they were blessed in their belief that came without their sight of the risen Christ. And we follow on from that second generation hearing again and again the witness of those who saw Jesus resurrected. So who's still missing now? Who's yet to hear of God's forgiveness and know his love? And how do we respond to the call that Jesus gave to his disciples to make known God's love and the new life that his death Resurrection brings. Throughout John's Gospel, we hear that seeing is believing. John's Gospel is always inviting us to come and see. In the story of Philip and Nathanael, when Nathanael asks Philip, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip responds, Come and see. The Samaritan woman, after her encounter with Jesus at the well, rushes back to the city saying, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. And now Thomas is invited to come and see Jesus' wounds. It's one thing to receive the call from the physical Jesus to go forth into the world, forgiving the sins of others. That must have been amazing. But what if we cannot see the physical Jesus? How do we live into this call as people who have not seen and yet believe? Perhaps as we answer this call, it's helpful for us to engage with our own questions, with our own doubts. I wonder what doubts you have. Does it sometimes seem that in the absence of definitive proof, all that we claim to know and believe in this Christian community might just be a bit far-fetched. After all, rationally and scientifically, it's a pretty big ask to believe that someone could be raised from the dead. Or do we sometimes feel so weighed down by guilt and shame that it's hard to imagine that Jesus has taken that guilt and shame and has left it at the cross? Or do we sometimes doubt that we are loved beyond measure? Where do we go with our doubts and our questions? Jesus invites us, just like Thomas, to ask our questions, to seek understanding, knowing that it is in our seeking that our faith deepens. In fact, one of the definitions of theology is faith-seeking understanding. As we speak our fears, our doubts, our anxieties and our worries, Jesus continues to turn up for us and with us, speaking peace as he did that Easter and providing strength for the journey. We meet Jesus today here in his word The last few verses of our gospel reading today reveal to us John's intention for writing his gospel. And I read from verse 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Jesus, the Logos, is always present and active in his word. And often in ways that I just can't get my head around until I feel the word working in me, changing me, transforming me, and especially challenging me. Perhaps you know this experience yourself. We will meet the risen Christ here again next Sunday in the bread and the wine, Jesus' body broken for us so that we might live. Yes, Jesus' resurrected body, but also the body that bears the scars of pain and suffering. Just like our Christ figure here in the church, you can see the nail holes in the hands and the feet. This is the resurrected Christ who doesn't lose his scars. His brokenness that speaks to our brokenness Love that calls us to serve despite our brokenness. As we meet as a community here in worship or in other settings, Jesus is present with us as he has promised to be, where two or three are gathered in my name. As we tell and retell the Easter story, as we tell the stories of how God has been and is and will be present in our lives, As we ask our questions and voice our doubts, knowing that sometimes our faith is strong and sometimes it's a bit wobbly. As we wrestle with what following Jesus is actually all about, Jesus, is present. He stands among us bringing peace, shalom, wholeness, all that we need to strengthen our faith in difficult times all that we need to fulfill our mission calling. Ah, yes, our mission calling. You know, one of my greatest fears about mission is that I won't have the answers to the questions that someone might ask me, that I might not be persuasive enough or have a strong enough faith to somehow convince someone else to believe in God. What fears or anxieties do you have about mission? as we're called to leave behind our closed doors, Jesus speaks peace into these fears and these anxieties. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit as he sends us out to make known the love of God. He invites us to face our doubts and our questions and then to let go of our fears so that we can welcome whatever our future brings, trusting that Christ is risen. Trusting that God is already waiting there, bringing what's needed for the mission conversation ahead. Trusting that God will work for us and through us and with us. Trusting that there is no need to fear. Trusting the invitation to come and see. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus our risen Lord.